This week's episode is all about the money. Get ready. A few months ago, Snapchat gave its users the option to pay to get early access to features, and the first month of this new subscription was simply absurdly massive. I talked about it here. The first month's haul totaled more than $6 million of net revenue, meaning after Apple and Google's fees. I was surprised by this number when first analyzing it and speculated this wouldn't continue. That was all the way back in July. Now, several months in, we have a much better trend to look at, and the numbers are lower and boring. Recurring net revenue dropped to $4.8 million in August, according to our estimates. Not bad, you might be thinking, but it kind of is. Demand for the subscription didn't grow at all, and of the roughly 2.1 million subscribers who opted into Snapchat Plus early on, 400,000 chose not to renew. That's enough people to fill Madison Square Garden 20 times. There was a teeny tiny bit of growth in September, but not enough to get excited over. And October isn't done yet, but so far, it's not looking super awesome either. So what's going on? Snapchat's lackluster performance is a combination of a boring offering plus an economic crunch that's making silly luxuries like paying to beta test features unattractive. At least that's my opinion. But this isn't all that bad. Snapchat's ability to earn millions without inventing anything new shows the strength and potential platforms have outside of selling ads, and that's big. As app tracking transparency continues to demolish the industry, being able to monetize in other ways will become a competitive advantage for those who do it well. Snapchat is certainly doing better than Twitter, so let's see how long it'll take for the new chief to fix that. By the way, I'm Ariel from Figures, and you're tuned into a new episode of This Week in Apps, my weekly roundup of everything you need to know about mobile apps and games. If this is your first time here, Get ready for more juicy data. For a long time now, I've been hoping the Mac App Store will take off. Maybe it's because I'm a hopeless romantic. Or maybe it's because I think bringing the App Store and small screen apps to the desktop will be revolutionary. So I took a closer look at the store and which apps are in it. I was a bit surprised by the results. And fun fact, I asked my Twitter followers which category they thought had the most apps. And for the third poll in a row, most voters were wrong. According to data from Explorer, which is now accessible to every app figures member. The Mac App Store currently contains a little over 31,000 apps and games. Not a lot, I know, but we'll get to that soon, so hang on tight. First, categories. I was curious to see where apps are, and I didn't really expect the games to be the dominant category on the Mac App Store for the simple reason the Macs are known as gaming devices, but I wasn't entirely sure what would be the top results. Utilities, that's the top result with nearly five and a half thousand apps currently available for download, followed by games. What? There are 5,000 games in the Mac App Store right now. That's a lot more than I expected. Are they all super popular? Absolutely not, but someone took the time to build them. Productivity, education, and photo and video round out the top five list, all of which make some sense, more than games for sure. Knowing the breakdown of what goes into the Mac App Store, I was curious to see how fast the store is growing, and that's when reality hit. It just isn't. If you're developing for the Mac App Store, this might be shocking to you. The Mac App Store sees just 15 new apps every month on average. That's what the App Store, which sees about 1,000 new apps every day, adds in 20 minutes. I don't think Apple has a plan for the Mac App Store, but I still think there is some potential as soon as Apple starts pushing iOS apps on Apple Silicon. I could be wrong. What do you think? Drop a comment. Let's move to something more exciting. Reddit's mobile app topped the charts for a good chunk of days last week. That demand also gave the Red Alien its biggest day of revenue ever. What happened? 
NFTs. Reddit recently joined the NFT game, and unlike Twitter's controversial NFT integration, Reddit leaped forward and opened an NFT marketplace. Reddit calls them digital collectible avatars, but they really are NFTs. The launch offered a selection of avatars based on Reddit's alien mascot from a curated pool of creators picked by Reddit, and they all sold out almost instantly. Downloads rose 45% on Sunday as word spread, bringing in nearly 250,000 new users from the App Store and Google Play, according to our estimates. Demand continued into the week with Monday adding a similar number of new users on Tuesday, only dropping by a little bit. It's a ton. Revenue growth was even more exciting. We estimate that collectible avatars brought Reddit more than $170,000 of net revenue, meaning after Apple and Google take their fees on launch day. Revenue slowed down fairly quickly as a collectible sold out, but it's still high because Reddit isn't just making them available, but they're also providing the wallets necessary to keep and trade them. In total, Reddit's mobile apps were responsible for nearly a half a million dollars of net revenue, about a fifth of the massive total Reddit earned in and out of the App Store and Google Play. Now, I think Reddit introducing millions of people to NFTs is a big deal. Their choice of not calling them NFTs, a technical term I never really thought could go mainstream, is very clever and probably has something to do with how successful the launch was. But more than that, it means that just like what Coinbase and Robinhood did for crypto last year, Reddit could do for NFTs now. And that's, in my opinion, mega big, mega big. Reddit isn't the only marketplace for NFTs in an app, but there aren't that many alternatives. Vive is the biggest such marketplace, and its trend isn't looking good. I think Reddit could change that. So let's talk about Vive for a moment. Reddit's foray into NFTs within a mobile app is exciting, but they're not the biggest or the highest earning app to do that. Those two awards go to Vive Collectibles. Vive was showing massive growth last year as many companies started surfing the NFT wave. Last November, Vive earned $29 million of net revenue, according to our estimates. That peak was a result of a partnership Vive had with Disney that brought the Simpsons and Marvel characters to the marketplace. Revenue ebbed and flowed after based on the collection offered and for a hot moment looked very hot. But so far in 2022, which started with $20 million of net revenue in January, things are no longer looking hot. In fact, they're pretty frozen, worse than frozen. In September, net revenue from the App Store and Google Play was just $3 million. And no, I didn't forget a zero. That's a drop of 84%. The economy isn't making throwing money on digital goods as easy as it did in 2021. Couple that with the decline in crypto, and this drop isn't that big of a surprise. But Apple recently changed the rules of the App Store for NFTs, requiring them to go through in-app purchases and pay Apple a fee, a tax as some call it. Many are up at arms about this, but I think they're all wrong. This is good. Apple allowing NFTs through their billing system will add a layer of legitimacy many NFT marketplaces lack. Not because they're all shady, some are not, but because NFTs are misunderstood by the mainstream and most NFT marketplaces use so much jargon, it's easier to just not think about it. Being available as an in-app purchase means buying an NFT is now as easy as paying for Twitter Blue. Okay, maybe that's not the best example, but you get where I'm going with this. That will be worth the high tax in the short and long term, in my opinion. And last for this week, Marvel recently launched Snap, a card battler with your favorite MCU characters. Many like Snap's simpler approach to building a deck and shorter game, which make it much more accessible to more casual players, and I'll get back to why this is important soon. But many also praise Snap for its balanced monetization, which is unlike many recent game launches we've seen. Can an approach that's loved by players also earn money? Yes. 
It sure can. According to our estimate, Snap has earned $1.4 million of net revenue, which is roughly $2 million of gross revenue from the App Store and Google Play since launching on the 18th. The majority of the revenue came from the App Store, but Google Play is picking up speed. That's a great sign for any game. By Tuesday, Google Play was responsible for about a third of new revenue, roughly $100,000 versus $200,000 from the App Store. That's big. The U.S. owned about 61% of the total, with the remaining 39% coming from many other countries led by Japan and South Korea. With ads becoming expensive, thanks to Apple's app tracking transparency, it's important to keep every possible download and turn every casual user into a returning one. Hopefully that makes sense on its own. A monetization strategy that doesn't force users to pay right away is a very smart approach. I hope to see more game developers, big and small, realize that. And that's all I have for you this week. Continue on to watch my live stream where I share a few techniques I use to size up the competitive landscape here. And I'll see you next week.